Welcome everyone to the GM Hockey Podcast. My name is Tony Gelski, and I'm here with Andy. Andy, how's it going? It's going well. We're, you know, back after a couple weeks off. Uh, we were watching the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, we didn't have a chance to jump on and say our predictions, but uh, I'm just going to come out and say, obviously, I wanted Tampa to win. So I want to I wanna get that up front right away. So I'm very excited about that. Um, and excited to start talking hockey again. There's a lot, I, I don't want to say a lot going on, but there's a lot to be excited about coming up. Oh, for sure. And like, that's the thing that's going to be the next few days are going to be, uh, absolutely insane in terms of, um, just player movement. And, um, if you look on cat friendly right now, the average, uh, about half the teams in the league have probably less than $15 million in cap space with some key guys that they need to sign. Um, I think you'll have teams like a, that have like the cap space of like the Colorado Avalanche, the Florida Panthers, the Flames, the place, the teams that have, uh, well, maybe not the Florida Panthers and the Flames, now that I'm looking at it, $17 million in cap space for the Flames with 13 players signed. So you need to make that $17 million stretch over at least eight guys. Uh, which well, really we comes can, out we can get to that in a minute though. I mean, but, we, yeah, we have a, a lot planned for free agency oh, and trade talk. Uh, let, no, for sure. Let's give Tampa their moment here and let's, let's talk. Stanley Cup. Sure. Let's do that first. And, you know, I thought um, I, I had, the, I had Tampa as picked as well. And um, it, it, it was, it's, it's hard to believe anyone wouldn't, but uh, I mean, I I I made some bets. I won some money on that, so I'm I'm yeah, just I happy. It was a closer. Uh, it was closer than the amount of games that it ended in five, but it was way closer than what, if you were just looking at the series results. Ended in six. Uh, it did end in six. Yeah. Um, six the, games. But like it was, it was a close series. I give Dallas a lot of credit. I thought they were going to be ousted against the Colorado Avalanche, and um, they proved me wrong. I mean, I would have loved to seen what an actual healthy Colorado Avalanche team would have been able to do, because I think that if the Avalanche were healthy, Colorado would have been there over Dallas. Well, um, does Colorado beat Vegas though? I mean. Two totally different st- playing styles. Dallas is a bigger, heavier team, uh, a little more seasoned. If Colorado beats Dallas and and matches up against Vegas, you might be seeing Vegas Tampa. That's true. I think you're you're right, and I think uh, um, this this proved again that this Stanley Cup final proved that yeah the the fast, speedy teams are good. They're really good. They're entertaining during the regular season but you still need that complete roster in order to compete for a Stanley cup. And like, it kind of proves how much some of these teams who are really good in the regular season, like uh, the Edmonton Oilers and how far away they actually are. And you oh. can put the Chicago Blackhawks in that is like just that, that both Tampa and uh, Tampa's capable of playing. They reminded this team reminded me a lot of like, the 2013 Chicago Blackhawks. They could play you any way that you they needed to play you. 
if they were going to play a, if you were going to play a heavy checking game, they could do that. If you wanted to play a wide open, uh, try to out chance them, Tampa could do that too. And um, getting onto like some of these players, I mean, um, what Victor Hedman did and Braden Point. Braden Point was my favorite to win the Conn Smythe. I was actually a little disappointed. Yeah, I was. Sh- I was shocked. Uh, I, you know, I'm a big Hedman fan. I played defense uh, my whole my whole career, and uh, you know, happy to see him win it. But I thought Braden Point had a ridiculous playoffs. I mean, you could also throw Kucherov in there. Uh, he he was very good as well. But I think Point made the line click. I think without him. You don't get that top line production, uh, and you don't you don't make it to the finals. He, I mean, Tampa did this without Stamkos. So we were talking about Colorado banged up. When you're missing your captain, uh, a former sixty goal scorer, you know, he's like a thirty year old guy. He's not that old. Very skilled. Slot. I mean, pushes everyone down the roster a little bit. So you're gonna have more depth down the lineup. It's a huge loss, and they still win the Stanley Cup. So, yeah, I mean, look, as the Tampa came in, they had the longer series, um, or they uh, they came into the series like two days after they finished the conference finals. Uh, so they were obviously a little tired, uh, and Dallas came in that that first game, and like the first forty minutes controlled it. And kind of, kind of strange, but ev- as the game went on, I mean, the third period, Tampa controlled the play. They just dug themselves too deep at a hole. And from that point on, every game moving forward, Tampa took more and more control over the series. And it was more what I expected. I expected Tampa to be the dominant team of the two. Uh, I think the West has a lot. I think the East is very top heavy. I think teams like Tampa and, and Boston kind of run that. Whereas the the West seems like, you know, you've got obviously Dallas wasn't the team either of us picked to be here. They're obviously a very talented team. Uh, adding Pavelski and Perry really, really kind of put them over some of these teams in the playoffs. That that's a lot of playoff experience coming into I didn't the lineup. Think- I didn't think I didn't think that Corey Perry and Joe Pavelski, based on the way they played during the regular season, warranted you know any thought when it came to. Uh, apparently, that four months off did them very well, uh, especially Joe Pavelski. Joe Pavelski, yeah. I think, had thirteen goals, ten or eleven. Yeah, he had. I think he was great. Yeah, he yeah. was he was great, dude. And like for somebody who I think. In half the games during the playoffs, he equated his um, his output during the regular season. Like, he was not worth – like, I'm looking at his stats right now. He had 31 points in 67 games this year for 14 goals. In 27 playoff games, he had 13 <laughs> goals and six assists for 19 points. So he was way, he was way better, and I think that the – him – uh, taking that break, uh, that four and a half month break, really kind of helped him probably recharge. And same thing with Corey Perry. I think Corey Perry had, I don't, I don't know how much he, uh, he I mean, actually 
he he moved up and down Dallas's lineup through the year, but he was mostly a bottom six guy. So you can't expect him to get too many points. No, but he he had nine points, and that's what you need out of your bottom six guys. You need him to, in the playoffs. He to, had nine. To, to, that's that's pretty good. You no, know, that's way more than Marcus Kruger had in the 2015 Cup run for the Hawks. I mean, that's that's, that's pretty good. He had 21 so, in the regular season in 57 games too. So that, I mean, that's not bad. That's what you you want from your bottom six guy. I think that was a good signing for them. Uh, obviously, no, he's a he played into he certainly played in, especially with the at least two months before they start playing real hockey again. Um, he he'll get another probably halfway decent contract this off season just because of what he was able to do in the playoffs. And I think with him, if you want to mix him into your bottom six and load manage him. <laughs> where maybe he only plays 50 games and you sit him out on the back-to-backs in order to keep him fresh for the playoffs when you really need a guy like Corey Perry, that wouldn't be a bad depth signing for a team that needs it. Um, Because he's definitely going to chase one more cup, that's for sure. I wouldn't be shocked shocked to see him go to like Calgary or Colorado or something like that that can 100% afford. I look at Dallas like... Windows now, uh, you know, outside of Miro Heiskanen and, and Rupe Hints uh, and, and Gurianov, th- there isn't much to get too, too excited about in terms of, uh, I mean, look, you got Tyler Sagan, Jamie Ben, Radulov, Pavelski, all your big earners, and they're all on the wrong side of 30. Klingberg, I think he's 28. He's in his prime. Yeah, uh, and I think like, well, quick, but if I mean Perry, Perry, older guy. I mean, for in terms of hockey, he's not too much older than us. But in terms of hockey, he's he's thirty six, going to be thirty seven next year. Uh, why not stick with the team that got you to the Cup Finals? A lot of experience in that room. I like to. Don't see... know if they're going to be able to afford him though, dude. If you look at who they have to resign this off season, it's Perry, Radic Fasca, uh, Rupe Hines. Uh, Matthias Yanmark and then Dennis Gurianov and um, Heinz and Gurianov, the guys who you just mentioned. Gurianov have 17 points this, this, this these playoffs and they'll uh, bridge he them. really well. And oh, and might, might get a little more because he's he was really good in the playoffs last year. Uh, he had a pretty decent season this year, not nothing too much to write home about, but. He might get a you. I wouldn't be shocked if he got a longer or a bigger contract than Gurionov because Gurionov's a rookie. Uh, came in, did very well in the playoffs. He was, yeah, I mean, put up 20 goals as a rookie. Um, they'll probably bridge him. Yeah, I mean, it depends on their goaltending situation, is also, um, how much does Ben Bishop have left in the tank? Uh, What's his face is a unrestricted uh, free agent, and um, he's gonna get more uh, money than he deserves. Watch. Kudobin. Oh yeah. Oh, Kudobin easily will go to a team that needs he's a, a goaltender. He's a backup goalie he, who got hot, and whoever signs him to a to a big contract is going to regret it. Yeah, because I don't think you can maybe sign him to a two point five three million dollar contract for one year. And it's not necessarily a bad move, but I no, think no. somebody's going to sign him to two or three. I see him and... getting a three-year contract. 
I don't know if the money is going to be astronomical. Like you said, two and a half, three, but cap ain't going up or, you know, it, it might go up, uh, depending on, you know, how long, uh, everything's going on. I know at least though this year and next year, it's going to stay stagnant. So, Mm. you know, it it could end up being like inconsequential, but I think we'll get to it in a little bit. Uh, I do want to kind of talk about Tampa and, and how their team looks going into next year as well. But the goalie market is going to be tough for, I think there's going to be some mistakes with goaltending, but we'll get to that. Oh, 100%. As, as if far you look as it goes, though, that that roster is going to be pretty close to the same next year, is it not? Yeah, the, uh, they'll probably lose Patrick Maroon, which he's just yeah. a journeyman at this point anyways. Yeah. Um, they have to re-sign. Big guy that they have to re-sign this year is Anthony Sorelli. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's definitely a guy you need to re-sign. And then they have a lot of guys that they're going to lose a lot of their depth on defense. Um, the only people they have signed this year is Hedman, McDonough, and Braden Coburn. They have to re-sign if uh, Cernak, Jan Ruda, Mikhail Sergachev, Luke Shen, Kevin Shattenkirk, and Zach Bogosian. So, um, you know, this team, they're going to lose probably two or three of those guys in the back end. Um, I'm going to say they're going to let Zach Bogosian walk. And I think they'll probably let Luke Shen walk Kevin Shattenkirk at the right price for sure. Um, they only have, um, in current cap space, they have 15 guys signed with a projected cap space of $5.3 million. So they're going to have to move some of these guys. Like I would imagine a guy like Tyler Johnson is going to have to get moved or Alex Cole. Um, yeah. But because you need to find a way to keep a 23 and 22 year old defenseman in Cernak and Sergachev. Uh, good news is though, uh, Calfoot is always an option to to break into that lineup. He's still young. He's 21. Um, I, I think you're going to see him make the NHL this year. Quite quite a shame they traded his brother, <laughs> but uh, I think he's right. gonna you're going to see him make the jump. I think that's going to be. Uh, a guy they're going to look to to kind of fill in in the back end. Um, uh, when did the finals end? The finals ended Monday, correct? Monday night? Yes, and today's Wednesday. So the buyout, all buyout period. Yeah, so all buyout periods end six days after the Stanley Cup. So today is Sunday. October 1st. I've recorded this, so Sunday. I wouldn't bet. By the time you're reading this, a lot of what we're currently saying might be, or by the time you're hearing this, um, a lot of this might be outdated because I'm going to venture to guess that teams are probably trying to move guys that they don't want to have to buy out. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to take a guess that on that Saturday, because you have to put them on waivers that Saturday in order to buy them out on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So um, Saturday, you're probably going to see a lot of guys get put on buyout. Like, I just looked at Braden Corborn's uh, buyout, potential buyout, and buying him out would save um, $1 million uh, this year in cap savings for for uh, the uh, Lightning. And I think that that $1 million 
especially when you need to resign Sergachev and Cernak and mm. Anthony Sorelli, you need to get those guys into contract. So that $1 million is going to be important to you. And um, this is, this is an interesting point because this is the year that Andre Vasilevsky's $9.5 million cap hit comes into play. And this is, I've never seen teams that have paid goaltenders <laughs> heavily win Stanley Cup. And because I understand goalie is important, but um, you need, the, 20, you the 2021 season is when his $9.5 million cap hit comes into play. So last year he was on um, his cap hit this past season was 3.5 million so yeah you look at you look at teams that win the cup and their goalies tend to float around five and a half to seven and a half once you start looking at nine ten i mean that's a lot of cap space you're taking up i mean that's that's a a second third line guy a bridge contract for a young young kid uh that you're basically putting into a goalie uh Positive is though they got a decent backup goalie in, in McElhaney at a cheap price. Yes. Yeah. So saving grace there. Uh I, I'm just kind of like looking at the, the their prospects and you know, again, I, I we talked about it off the air. Twenty year old Andy who knew every prospect on planet Earth and, and could tell you like great draft options in the third and fourth round would be very disappointed in nearly thirty year old Andy who like I know the big names and I could tell you like a, a decent chunk of the first round now, but looking at Tampa, I mean, they trade a lot of their young players. They trade their firsts almost every year uh, because they're, they they're, don't have a first round of this year either. They traded two of them. I mean, look, Coleman and, and, and Goudreau played a, a decent role in this cup run. So you can't fault them on that one, but you look at their prospect pool. We already mentioned Cal foot. I I'm so underwhelmed by some of the names. I know, I know uh, uh, Taylor Radish was supposed to be something at some point. He's 22. Now I'm not sure if he's ever gotten a look in the NHL. I, I mean, that's what happens. The Hawks went through it too. We we had a period where like our top prospects were like guys we got in the sixth round that like we're all excited about, but you know somebody outside of the know with the Hawks is probably like who the hell's a, a Dylan Sakura? And look what that got us. It got us Brandon Peary again. <laughs> yeah. Um... I mean, I I feel look Tampa's going to come back next year. They're go- they're gonna probably lose a guy like, you know. I don't think they can lose Kalorn. I think they're gonna end up moving one of Yanni Gord or or Tyler Johnson. I think Kalorn is too important for their penalty kill, um, and and they'll probably lose you know Bogosian and Luke Shen, whatever. Uh, Shantkirk would be kind of tough loss, uh, but they might be able to squeeze by. I think they're going to be a good team next year. I think they're going to compete. I think they could win it again next year. Um, but, you know, with the not, you mentioned the best point made here today is the nine and a half on, on Vasilevsky is going to hurt them. Uh, it might not be this year. It, it could be next year. 
But then you look at 2022 when they got to re-sign Point. They got to re-sign Palat. And in that time, they still got to do guys like Coleman is a good piece. Yeah. I mean, next year, next year with the flat cap as well, they're in trouble. Um, and the reason why I say they're in trouble is they have a roster size of next year in 2021, 20, 22. They have projected roster size, according to Cap Friendly, of 10 players yeah. with a projected cap space of $12 million. And I would expect so, by this time next year, they'll have a, a roster size of 15, but that, that cap isn't going to go up. So what's that 12 going to be? They're going to have to sign five to seven guys with what? $5 million again. Yeah. And, and like, it's gonna, I think every year with Vasilevsky's contract. Yeah. And I think like, you know, the biggest thing as well is, and not to say Andre Vasilevsky doesn't deserve it, but oh, I just <laughs> like, he definitely does, but like, it's, it's a tough situation. Like that's why you saw like Columbus, Columbus is better off not signing Sergei Bobrovsky. And or, or they could have used Panarin. They needed that scoring power. Pay the guy eleven and a half million. Yeah, it's tough when the guy just doesn't want to play there, though. <laughs> um, that's that's the tough part. And I think we're it, it's certainly interesting to see where Tampa will be. And that's why I think like this upcoming Saturday, it's gonna be crazy when it comes to cap movement and guys that are being placed on on buyouts. Well, Uh, let's jump into that. I mean, there wasn't really, we didn't really cover too much of the Stanley cup. I think what, I think what I said, put it best is every game Tampa got a little better. uh, And, and was the better team. They, they controlled the play. I don't think there is much else to say about that. It wasn't one of the cup finals. Dallas had a rough go of it with the injuries late in the series, but um, for a t- I, like, like I think we both said for a team that we both did not, ex- not many people expected them <laughs> to be there. Um, I think actually zero people expected them to be in the Stanley <laughs> Cup Finals at the start of this. And for a team that was that was like that, I think you're. That's a definitely a, a, a bang up job by them. Their coach, who they recently just actually stripped the interim role and gave him his. Even the full full head coaching role and Jamie Ben played really well. Tyler Sagan, I mean, the amount of injuries that that dude was playing with, big props to him. I think he had a groin injury. I think he had a leg injury, a groin injury, and then something wrong with his upper body as well. And he was a big and, part of that cup final. <laughs> and people were like, "Well, he's not producing." And I'm like, "Well, when the injuries came out, it's like, well, no shit, he wasn't producing." I, no I thought he looked good in the cup final. I mean, like he he produced. We're counted, like he he wasn't. Yeah, like, those those uh, him getting those painkilling shots probably helped out a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't think I, there's too much else to talk about on that on that Cup final front. No, I think like if you wanted to move on to, do I go to the Hawks now, or do you want to go to just general NHL free agency? Uh, I think we could start with the Hawks. Uh, I don't think there's yeah. a lot there, so it should just naturally flow into that. I mean, yeah, we obviously I, know the big names for the Hawks. Yeah, I think the so if you look at the Blackhawks Stanley Cup or salary cap, salary cap, Jesus, <laughs> no Stanley um, Cup for us. <laughs> the uh, they have seventeen roster, uh, seventeen guys signed with a projected cap space of seven point eight million dollars. Uh, let's start in the goaltending category. 
The only guy they currently have signed is Colin Delia. Subban and uh, Subban and Crawford are up. Um, uh, Croy Crawford at the beginning of when players were starting to resign was reported by Scott Powers that the Hawks had offered him a one year, $3.5 million contract, which I personally think that's $500,000 too much. I think and, that's one year. And I mean, it's fair for one year, but he thinks he said the playing time is more important to him. But like what you just brought up pre podcast is that yeah. he wants things to see if he can get some more money. And yeah, things changed from when we were planning this episode uh, to, <laughs> to what is now. Cause we were talking about when we were, we were going to record this a couple of days ago at, at Crawford at three and a half for one year was being discussed and he wants to stay with the Hawks. And we thought like, okay, this is probably going to get done. Now the reports are saying that Crawford may have played his last game as a Blackhawk and he's going to test free agency. See, and with the goaltending market the way it is, Corey Crawford has the luxury of being somebody who's won two Stanley Cups, uh, won two Stanley Cups, and probably deserved a con Smythe over uh, Patrick Kane in 2013. But um with his injuries over the past two years it's tough um if you're a contending team to want to give that amount of money to a guy who may or may not be there for you in the playoffs because of his concussion history and i i look at the the standings and out of the the cup contending teams. Cause I know he says he wants to go win another Stanley cup. If that's true, there's not a lot of teams that are actually looking for a goaltender. Um, I mean, uh, I there's think one team that scares me that there's yeah. one team that scares me and they could do it in a real, really quick is, um, I think if you're the Colorado avalanche, I was going to say that. Yep. You could pay Corey Crawford. You could trade Philip Grubauer. Or Pavel Francos. Keep Grubauer. And you can give Corey Crawford four, four, four and a half million dollars for one year if he wants to go play there. And um, that'd be a real tough look for Stan Bowman. Um, you, uh, you sort of spoiled uh, a little something I had planned for later in the episode when we went through the free agents. Uh, yeah, I think Crawford ends up in Colorado. If he's not you a black he ends up in Colorado. I think with that news, the Hawks are going to pursue a goalie in a trade. Uh, they have a couple of RFAs that they they have to work with uh, in Dylan Strom and, and Kubalik. Uh, I think they keep Kubalik, but I think Dylan Strom can make an interesting piece in a trade for a guy like Matt Murray. Uh, and I think that's something the Hawks might look to consider. Uh, I, I, I've been pushing very I wouldn't hard. Mind- I've been pushing hard for Georgiev, but clearly because of uh, new developments, that is not happening. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, um, I think the Hawks will re-sign Trey Kajula for sure. He'll probably only require about one and a half million dollars, somewhere around that range. I think, I think the opposite. I think Trey Kajula is gone. You do? You think he's going to go? 
I think he could go back I, to Everton. I think they are prepping for Brandon Hagel to take that spot. Uh, I think he plays the exact same game and will be at a cheaper price. Brandon Hagel, who was just recently loaned to Europe, not a bad um, move by the Hawks. I think. I think no, that's very smart. Yeah, that's a good because to keep the Hawks uh, loaning. Just to get into that news. They've they've loaned uh, Hagel and uh, uh, Chalupa. Philip Chalupa. They've loaned uh, Philip Kurashev as well. And if you look at uh, Kurashev, has two points in his debut there. Um, <laughs> ironically enough, he is playing with Marcus Kruger. <laughs> um, so that's fun. And, and uh, yeah, according to Scott Powers. But forget that Brandon Peary, the legend, is back. <laughs> Another option. That is true. We did trade Dylan Sakura for Brandon Peary for whatever reason. Um, <laughs> what were you going to say about Powers? <laughs> I was going to say Powers just tweeted earlier today that Khrushchev made his regular season debut uh, in the Swiss League today. Uh, had two points, primary assist and a secondary assist and a 4 nothing win. <laughs> um, which... Uh, uh oh i'm sorry he did he's not playing with marcus kruger he Ooh. played against marcus kruger oh poor Kruger. so <laughs> so um so yeah. i think uh i mean the hawks are starting to do i think edmonton has loaned like 14 guys to europe so um they send them to countries that are handling the pandemic better so they could get out on the ice and, and play right away <laughs> Right, and I think like, um, you know, if I wonder, like, if, you know, this is just something that popped into my head now, uh, and it's really stupid, but I wonder if we'll start seeing NHL teams. They'll have their AHL affiliates, their ECHL affiliates. I wonder, you know, as the NHL looks to expand into other markets, uh. Maybe they'll look offshore at a league and and start partnering partnering with those teams. It would be an interesting thought, especially now we're seeing how how global the world is during a pandemic. How how players are being loaned to Europe. It would be interesting if there was a, a European team that that's partnered with the Blackhawks that gets all these players. So whether they go to the A or Europe and stay close to home, uh, depending on the league, like. If the AHL is the better league, instead of sending them to the E, you send them to Europe. I mean, obviously the logistics of that are near impossible, at least right. I see it now, but it would be a good idea. Like, sit like, like we know for a fact that the Rockford Ice Hogs this year carry three goaltenders and Delia, <laughs> um, and Delia Tompkins and Kevin Lankinen. So when you're splitting time between three goaltenders, it's that's really tough for any guy to get into a rhythm so it would have like i could see like a partnership with that happening with where like okay tompkins is clearly good enough to not have to play in the e he's too good for that league and he's probably not quite good enough for the uh excuse me for the the ahl so maybe you know he goes to the swiss league and plays because personally i'd rather have him go over there and play 50 games and get the experience as opposed to sitting in Rockford. And I think he probably, well, Rockford had a couple goaltender get goaltenders get hurt, but um, 
Tompkins played 13 games in the regular season for Rockford this year. So, I mean, um, and this is all pipe dream because they're no, like, like the logistics of it are probably insane. I mean, as of now, a demotion from the Hawks to Rockford is like a, a 30 mile difference, 40 mile difference. And then from Rockford to for the half the world, it, it's uh, <laughs> like a, a 150 versus, Hey, we're sending you to Europe. <laughs> Right, like oh. Lincoln and uh, stats in Rockford this year was not great. It was nine on nine, same percentage of three goals against Savage. But um, it's you just know, getting consider too because there's so many European prospects who who don't come over to the A or or you know can't come to the A because they're playing in a European league at 19. Uh, it would just be interesting if they had a partnership in Europe and all these kids who either can't play in the A or don't want to leave their home country yet could play together and develop together. Oh, like, for sure. Logistically, that is an asinine comment, I know. <laughs> but... Right. And I think, like, if Dylan Strom, like, getting back to the the salary cap implications for the Hawks this year, if, if Dylan Strom were to sign with the Hawks, I don't think he's making over $3 million a year. It's just not an option this offseason. Well, no one's – so, I mean, we, we qualify Strom, obviously. That, that'd be stupid not to. Uh, but no one's going to sign him to an offer sheet. So what are you going to do, just sit on him? I'd say if, if Pittsburgh, who's looking probably for a cheaper uh, option for their second or third-line center uh, – obviously Malkin is there. They're not going to replace Malkin as the second-line center. But he could play wing as well, uh, a cheaper, younger option – um, and obviously Pittsburgh is looking for some change They're, You know, Matt Murray also has kind of overstayed his welcome. His value has decreased with, with Tristan Jari taking his net. So I think it takes more than Strom, but I think a, a good starting spot is Strom. So, you know, something to consider. Th- this isn't a rumor. This is me, you know, pulling shit out of my ass and, <laughs> coming up with something that they might be able to do oh for sure and like Pittsburgh needs to re-sign Tristan Jerry too um he's 25 uh Matt Murray probably just needs to change the scenery I mean he's won a Stanley Cup so two Stanley Cups at such a young age so um I think I get the I get the feeling that Matt Murray's kind of got that Marc-Andre Fleury syndrome right now where it just it's not working well with him right now because the younger guy is challenging him. A younger guy, meaning like a guy that's a year younger than him. Um, but it's but like because of the goalie market. We we just talked about Crawford struggling. I mean, now is a good time. We could, unless, do you have more with the Hawks? The only thing that I was going to say with the Hawks is that um, I just don't want them to be stupid. And I know Stan Bowman has said in the past that, and we'll get into this in the top free agents here. Um, yeah. but like Stan Bowman has said, like familiar faces will be coming. Like we're going to replace them with not like from within the, organization. Know, I hope that's what he means. But like, <laughs> um, there's one guy that I wouldn't mind seeing come back as a, um, and he didn't play at all last year. Because he hates Winnipeg, um, but 
I wouldn't mind seeing him back for the right price. Oh, I would but... not want it at all. You don't think so? Nope. I don't. I don't like bringing anyone back. Uh, but Bufflin, you know, he was good younger for for his role. Uh, gets to Edmonton or Winnipeg. Starts, you know, goes back to what his natural position was as a D. Uh, gets overpaid. I think he's overrated. And now that he's older and took a full year off, the last thing I want is to bring him back. I know that's very unpopular opinion to have as a Blackhawk fan is to think Dustin Bufflin is overrated. But there, I said it. Dustin Bufflin's overrated. You know what? If he was coming back to play forward, I wouldn't mind it. For, but Pay him a million dollars to play forward, I wouldn't care. I... He played well long, when he was a forward how, here. How long? I mean, like a million dollars. I want a million dollars to play forward. A million bucks for one year. Yeah, I don't know. I. What do we got to lose? I got. Right. Uh, um. Okay, let's move on to the. We have a Sports Illustrated top thirty well, unrestricted free agents. Before we jump to that, let's uh, quickly talk about, I want to just go over some trades uh, real quickly. Nothing really thrilling. Um, Hawks, Brandon Peary, Dylan Secura, we already said, dumb. Uh, I think I think this is a good one for both teams. Mark Stahl going to Detroit with a 2021 second. Nothing uh, really. Rangers. Yeah. Opens up cap space for the Rangers. They might be looking to make a play, especially... Uh, after buying out Lundqvist, which we didn't even mention, alluded to, but that just further puts a stranglehold on the goalie market. Uh, a good guy who could come in and be a 1B or a backup who, I mean, Lundqvist, his name speaks for himself. So, I mean, Rangers opened up a bunch of cap space there. And Detroit got another second-round pick. I mean, they suck. The more assets they can get, the better. So, I don't know. I thought that was a good trade. You want to kind of give a quick rundown on that one? No, I like the trade for for New York. Um, I like it for both. I, f- I feel bad for Mark Stahl <laughs> going where he's going, but, um, you know, not a terrible trade for Detroit either. They get a nice defenseman. They need to still, he'll be able to mentor um, the younger guys while he's there. And, um, definitely helps out their terrible back end that they currently have. <laughs> um, so I think that, that that's good for Detroit for sure. Got um, in a second. For sure. Um, in other news, we also, uh, Bobby Ryan was bought out by Ottawa. Oh, I real shocker that. that. Yeah. Um, and he, he's actually in this, this third list of 30 players, I believe. Uh, I know Lundquist isn't though, so we'll add him to. Well, he'll be our honorary thirty-first. But um, next trade here, uh, Hornquist going to the Panthers for uh, Sevier and and Matheson. Yeah, I don't get it. Uh, I get it for for Florida. Uh, what is? I just I don't know. There, it's more cap space for two lesser players. You know, well, I think what Pittsburgh's trying to do is defenseman, I guess, but eh, I I don't get it. I I'd love to hear your explanation. I think Pittsburgh's trying to solidify their their depth because Pittsburgh over the course of the last few years, especially since the 2016 2017 
back to backs that they had. Um, the back to back Stanley Cup wins. Mm-hmm. During those two years, they depleted their their uh, draft picks, so they don't have much future left. So, um, you're saying? So I think they're trying to prolong this. What Pittsburgh is doing this off season reeks of what the Hawks are doing in 2016. Something's got to change, or no, 2017. Something's got to change. We're just gonna <laughs> we're just gonna make changes to make changes. And we're going to trade Nicholas Jalmerson for no reason. And we're going to trade Artemi Panarin for no reason. And just because he wants caps cost certainty. And um, which, you know, makes sense when you look at it. But, you know, that group probably deserved from the Hawks one more try at it. Um, For sure. I think that was a but mistake. Because one more year, I mean, who knows? Maybe Panarin... Uh, cause you just signed him to a two year, $6 million contract at that point. Then you shipped him off. Um, <laughs> so, um, didn't make much sense. I know that Panarin in, you know, the next year was going to have to ask, was going to want, you know, the $11 million that he got, but you could, yeah, if you needed to, years. you could have traded him, but, um, Whatever. It doesn't make any sense. And uh, the other stall was also traded. I uh, can't forget that. Um, yeah. But going back to this Pittsburgh one, I think what their big idea is, is getting Matheson in on their on their D. And it's going to really solidify their top four. And yeah, he's a solid, you know, middle pairing guy. Maybe like a number four, three defenseman, if you're lucky, three. I just... It, what I will say is it does maybe open up a slot in your top six even if it's on the wing for Dylan Strom, I don't know. Right. But yeah, uh, Eric Stahl, Marcus Johansson. Boy, I don't get it. <laughs> it's two teams that suck trading guys that instead of trading them for each other, they should be looking for any sort of asset. And right, d- dumb, dumb, dumb. And that's all I've got to say. I- I'm-, I'm wondering if you've got more. <laughs> No, I pretty much agree with that. And the other trade we also have to go over is that uh, uh, Joel Edmondson was traded from Carolina to Montreal Canadiens. And where Joel Edmondson re- 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 proceeded to get a salary cap hit of $3.5 million in an era that the cap's not going up. I, under- like, I understand that he brings what he brings to the table. Don't get me wrong. But my argument is this, is that yeah. you don't give Joel Edmondson, he's a good defenseman, you don't give him $3.5 million, and then on top of that, give him a 10-team no-trade list. <laughs> so that's my problem with that contract, is that, great, Joel Edmondson's good player. In a normal non-COVID year, $3.5 million, I don't bad an eye at it, but... million in an era where the cap's not going up and Montreal's in an era right now where they don't necessarily have the luxury. Like guys are getting older, man. Like they're not in, you know? Yeah. I mean, look, here's, here's where I stand on it. I know this is the, this is the hill you wanted to die on uh, in our group chat with our friend. Uh, and I really didn't say much in there because 
eh. <laughs> um, look, I think it's a fine contract. The no, the no trade clause is a little uh, not the smartest move. But three, three, five, four years. You know, we're just talking about Matheson. That's a being a good top four option for Pittsburgh. Uh, maybe not enough to get rid of Hornquist. Uh, but you know, Edmondson is around the same age. Fills sort of that same role, making less money. So, team like Montreal, that might be a good a good play on their part. Again, I hate I hate giving just anyone a no trade clause. The Hawks are super fucking guilty of that. Um, so I hate that. Well, but the, yeah, the, and, the term I'm good with. Uh, thank God it's well, a no movement clause from Montreal's standpoint. <laughs> I get that. It's a it's well not all. Yeah, Edmondson's like Montreal now has Shea Weber, who's gonna play until he's forty years old. Apparently, um, <laughs> he had a really, he had a really good year this year. Uh, nice rebound year for him. And um, but like guys that have no movement clause on, clauses on Montreal is Jeff Petrie, Carl Elsner, Joel Edmondson, Ben Sherrod. Um, they all have no movement clauses or a modified no trade clause. I hate those. And so you're limited to, um, like, especially a guy like Carl Alsner. Like, he's not good anymore. So, <laughs> um, you're you're looking in, you know, Joel Edmondson's 27. You know, in a few years, the way he has to play to be effective is he going to be good by the end of his contract? Probably. But, but it, you never know. At 31. So I, you know, that's where I stand on it. He'll still be in his prime at 31. It really isn't a bad price. I think it's a good contract, but what keeps it from being a very good contract is that stupid no trade clause. I think that's dumb. Yeah. Um, otherwise, the last thing in terms of trades I wanted to talk about is all the chatter going around. Uh, Oliver Ekman Larson, uh, it was always, from what I read, uh, between Vancouver and Boston. Sounds like Vancouver is putting together an offer. Um, I don't really know what that offer might be, but it that seems to be heating up quite a bit. Um, you know, I, I also read he, he wouldn't wave for Edmonton. I guess Edmonton was looking at him, too. Uh, I don't blame him. <laughs> that is exactly right. what it needs as a defenseman, though. But, I, you know, there's not really much you could talk about with a rumor. Uh, and obviously, uh, Oliver ekman Larson coming to a team that's already got Hughes on their back end. Hopefully, they, they keep Tanev on their back end. I think that's going to be very good for Vancouver. Mm. Uh, till that point, till you know what Vancouver is giving up. Like, I, I heard uh, Sutter was the name or whatever uh, that would be going the other way. But, I mean, it's all, like, hearsay at this point, rumors. I know Dreger is a big one on it, and that's a big name to have kind of backing the talks. But that is something that I honestly think that could break by tomorrow being Friday. So if this goes live tomorrow or Saturday, it could already be old news. But throwing it in there, you know, it's the big talk right now. Right, because Arizona right now, um, just to look at their cap situation, one point one million dollars and one point one million dollars in cap space with a roster size having to re sign 
uh, about five guys from this past season. That includes uh, Taylor Hall, Carl Soderberg, Vinny Hinestroza, uh Christian Fisher, and Brad Richardson. So, um, you know, they're a team that would like to add some depth and paying uh, OEL um, $8.25 million a year, probably. Um, it's going to be very interesting. Like, in order to move some of these contracts, are, is a team like Arizona going to have to eat like $1 million yes. of OEL's contract yeah. for the duration of, of it? You're going to see a lot of eating of contracts. Here, I'm just looking at uh, a site I look at typically for rumors. Here are some of the names that are being tossed around, and it's not just like baseless rumors. A lot of it is filed under Dreger, LeBron, uh, McKenzie, big big people, but we're looking at Oliver ekman Larson, Jake Bertanen, Dubnik, uh, and Ryan Donato. You know, whatever. Um, Johnny Goudreau, like this isn't what you hear typically these names being tossed around goss despair, although he's kind of fell off over the last year. So it's so hard. Cause you know, I'm, I'm, we're talking about Oliver Ekman Larson right now and it's heating up and all signs point to this is going to get done before the end of the weekend and it could fall through. And meanwhile, right. we might not know what the hell's going on with Johnny Goudreau. And all of a sudden he is traded tomorrow. Right. Big blockbuster. You're going to see big contracts move. Not every team is screwed by the cap, and I think those teams that aren't are going to really kind of take some of these really cap crunch teams. They're going to take them over a barrel. Uh, thankfully, the Hawks oh, for aren't. Sure. The Hawks aren't for finally like super. I mean, there's obviously cap problems for a lot of teams, but that these guys, these people are businessmen first, these GMs. So they're going to, they're going to play with the numbers and get what they need done for the most part. Some of them make some really stupid contracts, but I mean, we've seen Stan Bowman get real crafty with the, the, the salary cap. So, and he's not the only one. Um, oh, for sure. But like Toronto, super screwed. Um, Tampa might have some trouble down the line in a couple years. Uh, you know, I, Anaheim is, you know, they've got their full roster signed and it sucks. <laughs> so, yeah, it'll be interesting. I think the draft is going to be real exciting uh, if you're into trades and, and movement, which I really oh, for sure. So. <laughs> uh, I get like really, I like seeing the future in the draft and I like seeing a lot of player movement. And I think Tuesday is going to be crazy. I think the buyout period, uh, on Sunday is going to be pretty crazy, but I think a lot of these GM thinks they think they can make some crafty moves. I think we're going to see some guys we think should be bought out, not be bought out. Uh, so it'll be interesting. I don't know. I think it's going to be a real good draft, but I've been disappointed before. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, um, I think in four days, this is going to be an outstanding uh, draft. Um, let's, let's hit this list. Uh, like, so uh, I do. So obviously let's go every other one. Um, I'll start off with Alex Petrangelo. Uh, his 2019 cap hit was $6.5 million. Um, he has been told by St. Louis to basically <laughs> pursue free agency, uh, cause they can't afford him anymore. Um, 
one annoying thing about Petrangelo is that I understand he's a Toronto guy, Toronto kid, and that ever since John Tavares has gone to Toronto, every Toronto fan, including James Myrtle, and <laughs> likes to think that oh, the boy's coming home, he's gonna come home, and I, that's there's no way that's happening. Like there's no way you can field a competitive team with Alex Petrangelo also on your roster. So um, unless they traded like Mitch Marner, it's not happening. Um, so sorry to be the bearer of bad news. Maple Leafs fans, um, Petrangelo is interesting to me. He, Where do you think he goes? Has a, he has a very select few teams he could probably go to um, with this salary cap. I think – Ironically, Buffalo Sabres are a very mm-hmm. interesting team because it's next to Toronto. It's super close to Toronto. They have $33 million in cap space this offseason. Um, Jack Eichel signed. He could go there, and his D partner is going to be uh, Darlene. He, he'll play top minutes. Um, it's a, I think... He could end up in Buffalo. Um, I think he could also probably end up in New York for a couple of years. Um, I think Petrangelo's not going to get a seven or eight million dollar contract if he wants the money. He'll end up in a team. He'll end up if he wants money. He's going to end up in one of these teams. He's going to end up with either the Avalanche, Rangers, Devils, Detroit, Sabers, or Ottawa. If he wants to go win another Stanley Cup. He's gonna have to pay take a significant pay cut. So, yeah. I, um, I teams moving contracts for him, like a Winnipeg Jets would be an interesting team, uh, maybe to move if they're gonna move Patrick Line. Another name we haven't even mentioned in all sorts of trade rumors. The money could go right to uh, Peter Angelo, and that I mean that solves itself right there. Their D would be bolstered significantly. So, um. That, that's actually the team I think he ends up with uh, if he wants to win. You know, we always see these guys kind of jump around based on money. Team. I think Winnipeg is interesting because they're on the cusp of being real good. They've got pieces, but their D sort of sucks. They have a Vesna right. goalie now. I think that's where he ends up. If, if Again, who, who the hell am I? <laughs> right. Okay. All you right, want to take the next guy on the list? Yeah, I got Taylor Hall. I've been saying it the whole time. My opinion on where he goes hasn't changed. I thought he would have been traded to this team. Um, He got traded to Arizona, and I think that benefits even greater because now this team doesn't have to give up any assets and has the money to sign him to, uh, you know, he's not going to, he's making six million last year. He'll probably make about seven and a half, and this team could comfortably do it without having to worry for the time being. Uh, I don't know if they sign him for the full seven years. I think that would be a mistake. I don't think a lot of teams are going to be signing those big seven-year contracts. So you're going to be looking at more four or five, I think, with everything going on with COVID. Uh, but I've said it on many podcasts, so I'm not going to hold out any longer. I think Taylor Hall's on the avalanche. 100% agree. There's no disagreement there. I think I, I think we have talked about this time and time again. I think COVID 
helps his his chances of being there. I think him being traded to Arizona helps his chances of being there because now he's definitely testing free agency. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's no doubt in my mind. If he went anywhere else, here, let me try and pick a second team. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if he's a glutton for punishment, he can join Alex Petrangelo in Buffalo. I thought, you know what I'm, I thought would be weird is if he went back to Edmonton. Uh, <laughs> that, it's a possibility. It is. But... They've got the money to do it. I think it'd be dumb. Um, you know, Capitals could probably swing it as well. I think that would be really interesting if they kept Kovalchuk kind of threw him on like a third line in a power play. Uh, maybe moved a, a contract and found a way to squeeze Taylor Hall in there. Who? That's a scary power play. Um, but no, I mean, I'm just kind of, I'm just fucking around now. It's it, the only team I've ever thought was Colorado. So we can move on to the next. Yeah, I agree. Um, next guy on this list, uh, according to Sports Illustrated, by the way, I don't know if you mentioned that. Um, Sports Illustrated is is Tory Krug. Um, he he's a guy that. You know there has been interest in his, uh, in his rights. Um, I don't know why in this market you would trade for somebody's rights, unless you were sure you were gonna sign them and you could get it for like a like what Montreal did. That's yeah. But with players like Joel Edmondson, good. Toy Krug, not no good. Yeah, they're gonna look for a a third round pick, and I ain't trading a third round pick this year for something that should be. He'll be a guy that will 100% um, uh, go right after Alex Petrangelo signs. He's a guy that definitely has to wait until <laughs> Petrangelo signs with somebody. And, you know, Toy Krug, I, I think he, on a short-term deal, would be a good idea for the Winnipeg Jets mm-hmm. or um, – well, Edmonton Oilers. Um, how I could even see uh, him going to the Islanders. Islanders have twenty. Pretty much everybody signed that they had on their roster this year wouldn't be a bad. He's definitely an upgrade over Andy Green, Devin Taves, and uh, well, hold um, on, Devon Taves. I, yeah, I think obviously an upgrade Tory Krug. Yes. I think he's a good defenseman. I think he's underrated. That's you. You can continue. I just wanted to defend Devon Taves. Right. But you know, they have, I think if you're looking to upgrade your defense right away, um, that's a, that's a way to look at it. And you can kind of squeeze Devon Taves and their RFAs. So, I mean, they're arbitration eligible. That's important to note is that they could file for arbitration and depending on what the arbiter gives these guys, um, he could be, you know, given a three, four million dollar contract and, you know, you're most likely going to have to walk away from him when he's in the UFA after that. Now, there's no rule stating that after the UFA is over, he can't come back and resign with you. But um, or the arbitration's over. But like, um if you walk away, but it's, it's just definitely an interesting thing. Cause like going back to the Hawks, Kubalik and, and uh, Drake Kajula are also arbitration eligible. So they could file, if there's no agreement, um, they could file for arbitration. So 
Um, I don't think the Hawks let uh, Kubalik no. Kubalik get to that point. You could theoretically play the game where you let Kajula get to that point and then pray to God based on his production value, the <clears throat> arbiter only awards him a $1.1 million contract. And then the team either has the option of signing him to that contract or walking away. And I think the Hawks sign him to that contract. Um, so it's definitely an interesting thing, but I think Krug probably ends up in, he'll stay on the East coast and I think he'll end up in, in Buffalo or, uh, like the Islanders or somebody like that. Uh, I disagree on the coast. I, I, so I have three teams and a dark horse, um, two serious teams. And that's Vancouver Edmonton. I mean, to a team fits what they need. Vancouver though, if they get Oliver and Larson, that kind of goes out the window, but great option there for both of them. Uh, Maybe not a great option for Edmonton because they already have offensive defensemen, but Tory Krug could play in his own zone, and it's an upgrade on everything that they've got going on there. Uh, my third team, I don't get why Boston isn't, you know, finding a way to keep up. <laughs> what are they doing? Yeah, I don't necessarily. De- championships are 100% won by... Defense um, down the middle. Yeah. And... But if you have a good, solid 6D and you have at least a sol- at least solid down the middle. I would say you need a, a great number one and a pretty good number two and two defensively sound three and four. But Boston is, you know, they're okay. Char is getting old. So now you're looking at, uh, 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 uh God, I can't remember the names. Carlo and, uh, oh God, the, the fat looking American kid. <laughs> uh, what's his name? Charlie McAvoy. McAvoy, yeah. You're, they're looking at them to kind of carry a bunch of bums, and uh, I think Tori Krug needs to be there to kind of anchor that, especially when Chara leaves. Uh, just a, just a. I feel like this is an asset problem for Boston, where they're gonna let they're gonna let a, a guy in his prime walk for nothing. Um, whatever. Uh, here is my dark horse. Um, I think he could end up in Detroit. He's from Michigan. Uh this might be my first of potentially several. Uh, they're going home, boys. Uh, right. You know, it, it could be interesting. He's won a cup. Maybe he wants to be home uh, near family and help this rebuilding team, which sucks on the back end. But between him and Mark Stahl, they could kind of mentor and build. And, you know, they've got a young, they just drafted a young kid sixth overall last year and again his name's escaping me something with an s uh i don't think he's ready but he that's a kid that having tory krug around is gonna benefit and you know i don't want to get into too much draft talk but uh i don't i could foresee detroit taking jamie drysdale fourth overall and uh you know that that wouldn't be a bad idea to have tory krug there so a lot of reasons to go for Detroit to need Tory Krug. The only reason Tory Krug would go there to be have that I'm going home feeling, but yeah. right and Tory Krug would definitely have to go there on like a seven year contract because mm-hmm. like you don't go back to Detroit for a couple of years. Um, I mean, I I suppose you could see 
Tory Krug go back to Detroit to play there for a couple of years, hoping that, you know, in two years when the cap is no longer flat and it goes up again, you know, you might see a lot of these guys sign for only two years because mm-hmm. um, this offseason, because you don't know what the cap's going to look like in two years. So the yeah. NHL's guaranteed that the cap is going to stay flat for the next two years. But what if it actually goes down? That's a possibility with, yep. with revenue. I don't think it goes down, but it could. Yeah. So um, it's a possibility based on, on revenue. And it all depends on this upcoming year. If they're because NHL is a more gate driven league than like, say, the NBA or the NFL, like the NHL needs fans. So the problem is that I don't foresee that happening at least right away. So they'll have to think of something else to to get. No, if you wanted my honest opinion, I think that NHL season starts in uh, on. January, I wouldn't be shocked if they do like a oh winter classic outdoors, some place that has that allows fans, and that's the start of the season on January first, and you play in like mini bubbles in states that allow fans. That's just me. So I, I think that's a mistake. Uh, I think I think they need to, to to think of something that'll to drive revenue another way. It's not going to be the same as having fans, but uh, part of me thinks that, well, not part of me, uh, all of me thinks that the year is going to be shorter, so that might help. Um, and if they could find a way to get a little revenue without having to open the building and and, and you know pay employees, well, I think electric. I, I think, think find a way to to squeeze through one more even half a year and then you'll you'll see fans coming out in gangbusters for the 2021-2022 season with Seattle coming into the league so true and i think like what on that point i th- I, th- I think you're also going to see um uh like i i think you'll see a not a a closed off bubble like you did for the playoffs I can see them doing what the MLB did, um, which worked when players weren't going out to casinos and nightclubs. Yeah, when, um, when players weren't one, being asshats. It worked perfectly. <laughs> yes. So, um, so these guys were. I think you know it's it's a good opportunity for the uh, the ML the NHL to do something similar, where you still have the division. You still have the divisions, but like the Hawks play, um, they play Colorado, Detroit, um, uh, Minnesota, uh, Columbus, Dallas. They play those teams a lot. Like 10 teams. There'll be three bubbles with 10 teams each. One has 11. Or, you know, maybe they'll do five and with six. You never know. But I- I'm guessing... You'll have a, a west, an east, and a, and a central, and that's what you're looking at. But, you know, we'll see. Uh, let's get back with the, this list. And, uh, you know, now that the, the bigger names are out, uh, start moving a little more rapid fire, especially because I'm looking at a guy like Mike Hoffman. I don't see any reason for him to leave Florida. Uh, I think that 
you know, they've made some changes to the front office and coaching. Uh, I think that uh, they've got Hornquist coming in. I think that's some help maybe on the second, third line. Uh, they are making changes. I don't foresee Bobrovsky struggling as much as he did this year, next year. Um, Florida has the money. I don't, I, I see zero reason for him to leave. If he did, you know, I, I don't see where he would, he would, he would be a guy who would sign for what he's making now at like five mil and uh, go to a, a, a middle of the pack team because he, he waited too long and, and the cap, the, the cup contenders got their players. Florida had already right. replaced him. So I don't know. I'll say I think, I, I mean, he stays in Florida, in my opinion. If I pick a second team, Islanders. Yeah, I agree with that. I, th- I don't think, but I, I, I'm in agreement. I don't think he leaves Florida at all. I think he stays right there. Um, he's don't forget he's got a lot of baggage mm-hmm. um, with in regards to him. So, um, with all that stuff that happened between Eric Carlson and. Not even them too. It was their girlfriends, those wives and their girlfriend. So um, yeah. he's got a lot of baggage. Well, um, Eric like, I think um, if he's still dating, no, no, his Mike Hoffman's shitty girlfriend did. Um, so <laughs> I, I, I agree. I don't think he. Go, I don't think he goes anywhere. Um, same with the next guy on this list, <laughs> and that's Robin Leonard. And uh, I, I think he probably stays in Vegas, and they. Vegas trades flurry and eats part of flurry's contract. But I think you're in a, in a, in a climate right now that, um, that doesn't, nobody's looking to help anybody else out, which is what we're currently at in right now. So, which is probably why you haven't seen a lot of trades as well. And, um, so I think Robin Leonard, if they can't move flurry, I think Robin Leonard, I know we talked about Crawford going to Colorado. He can go to Colorado. And I can think he can make it probably about $5.5 million there for three, four seasons. And that's a really good signing for Colorado as well. So um, if I had to pick a place for Robin Leonard to go, I think Colorado's it. Uh, I I don't see him leaving Vegas, but Vegas is kind of in a tough spot. Uh, because here's the problem with Marc-Andre Fleury is we've talked about the goalie market already being tight. I mean, Murray's on the market. Dubnik, uh, from what I mentioned about trade rumors, his name is out there. Crawford, now Henrik Lundqvist. I mean, Marc-Andre Fleury is going to be a tough sell at his salary, even if you eat part of it. I don't know. I, I don't I don't see Vegas letting Robin Leonard slip through the cracks, but here's my shock. If he does, I think he comes back to the Hawks. I think there's a lot of respect there. Uh, I think he liked Chicago. I think Chicago liked him, and I think Chicago kind of misses that that kind of gutsy leadership that he brought i'm sure it was kind of intimidating for some of the kids at first because he was he was a very animated guy but he's a good story he's a he's a good he's a great goaltender 
and the Hawks are in the market for a goalie, it fits. <laughs> so, right. And you can sign him to a five year, $5 million contract and, uh, for a few seasons. Um, hopefully, um, you know what, dude, if he wanted the, the, if he wanted seven, I'd give it him seven for four years. I wouldn't uh, see. I do the exact opposite. I would give him seven years for four and a half million dollars a year, because uh, I'd give him seven years to be honest. Because like um, the Hawks have z- the Hawks have zero zero <laughs> goaltending prospects, so yeah. we need somebody who is a twenty nine. He's twenty nine. So yeah. I mean, like young. Um, he's he's a younger goaltender. Goaltenders usually last until about like Corey Crawford's thirty five. Still and serviceable. He had a ton of injuries. He would have been so. He would have been perfectly fine had he not gotten his skull rocked a hundred times. Oh, well, you can thank Shea Weber for that. Um, but like, um, but yeah, I you know Robin Leonard. I could see him coming back to Chicago. The thing that Robin Leonard has against him is his honest canter and um you know he's just a very outspoken guy he doesn't really care but i think and for the hawks i think that kind of keeps them in line i think taves oh i 100 percent agree i think him i think duncan keith is a pretty outspoken guy at least i the perception i get from him uh around his the team for what little the fans see is he's kind of an outspoken guy. So between the two of them, that's a, that's a couple leaders. The Hawks need, um, no, no knock against Taves. Taves leadership is also what the Hawks need. But, uh, I, I just think that's a guy you bring into the locker room and there's just a lot of respect. Uh, I think it's a good, Oh, Oh, for sure. And then I don't know if you want to move on to the next guy. Andy. Oh, yes. I got a lot to say about him because he is one of my, Odd, odd person to say. He's probably in my top ten uh, non-Hawks players. I love Dadnoff. Very underrated, quietest, consistent thirty-goal scorer. Um, boy, another guy. What is Florida doing? This is a guy you want on your team. Um, I don't see why they wouldn't sign him. If they don't, he will. He can go to any team. I will say. Hawks had a lot of interest in Dadnoff, a good friend of Panarin's. uh, And I I think they wanted to bring him over and and to play with Panarin. Didn't happen. Uh, So I I can see the Hawks being after him, especially because he's such a quiet 30-goal scorer. I don't think he's going to make 30-goal scorer money. Uh, I can see the Rangers jumping on this. I think this is a good player for the Rangers to have, especially with the Panarin connection. Yeah, and I can see him probably taking a pay cut to play in New York as well. I I have a hard time naming teams that have at least a little playoff aspirations who wouldn't want him. So basically anyone outside of Ottawa, Detroit, and the three California teams. He is is the exact player you look for. Uh, I would, you know, I know he's right wing, Sod's left wing, blah, blah, blah. I would move Sod to get Dadnoff on the team. Um He's I I I like everything about him. Uh, that's all I got to say. <laughs> right, you know I think a guy, the guy in the next. I agree with everything you just said. I think the guy next in the list, Tyson Berry, is one of those guys who he's gonna have a hard time. 
he you might see him in a either in a few days be like what's up with tyson berry why hasn't he signed anywhere or um or it's gonna be like wow i can't believe tyson berry went to like the los angeles kings for x amount of money you know what i mean like mm-hmm. um because the kings have 16 million dollars in cash space they're gonna suck again next year but i can see because tyson berry no offense loves to go to teams he was on a not so great team in Colorado and um, you know they he would he'd play well again with probably Drew Doughty. I mean it'd be an awfully defensive awful defensive <laughs> defensive defenseman pairing, but like um uh, you know, I think he could probably end up in LA because I don't I don't I don't see where he fits. He's He's an offensive defenseman who's a liability in, in his own end. And he just played top four minutes with Toronto and Toronto didn't look great. So I don't think he's a, I, I don't know why he's number seven on this list. Um, but um, boy, I, I, I think he's one of those. I think he's one of those guys where you're like, wow, I can't believe Tyson Berry wound up in Detroit and LA. I mean, let's be. Let, I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell you right now. It's, it's very hard to disagree with literally everything you just said. Uh, I think he's the guy you're sitting there a week after trade deadline, because there's always that one guy. He's the guy. Uh, he. I think he's still gonna try and command what he thinks he's worth. This random eight million dollars that was being thrown around at the start of the year. It, it probably won't be eight, but I bet you he's looking for an increase that he doesn't deserve. I'm, I'm looking at the teams that he could end up going to. Yeah. I, I'm not feeling LA. I don't know. Just to disagree. I guess I could see Calgary taking a stab at him to replace Eric Gustafson, but they got, they need to sign a lot of guys still. Uh, I'll say I'd rather Calgary. Eric Gustafson. What's up? I'd rather Eric Gustafson. Yeah. It's the, the same player, but cheaper. Yeah. That price. <laughs> Well, he wasn't last year, but uh, typically he's better offensively than Eric Gustafson. I don't know. Maybe New Jersey. I'm going to stick with Calgary. It's kind of a, I, I have a hard time. I think, I think we're going to be more surprised by two things. How long it takes to sign him and how much he signs for. I think he's still going to look for that money, but he's no one's going to pay him for it. And uh, he's going to end up with a team. Uh, Kind of middle of the pack. I think we talked about this again. Uh, we talked about this possibly with other players where they're waiting for that big payday. They're going to miss out on the contenders. They're going to miss out on uh, a lot of opportunities and they're going to go somewhere for less money. Lame, but you know, whatever. Jacob Markstrom, another goalie. We. He, uh, Boy, what a goal. This is not a time. This is a good time to need a goalie, but not a good time to be a goalie because you have a lot of competition. And Jacob Armstrong is a goalie that had a great year, uh, but I don't have a lot of confidence in. Uh, Boy, it really depends on how confident Vancouver is in him, in Demko, uh, and and DiPietro. Uh, They got two young guys in, in Demko and DiPietro. Markstrom really is kind of a young guy for a goalie at 30. I don't I think he's gonna command less. 
Uh, I just thought there's another goalie on the market and either one of Kemper or Ranta. So, I mean, boy, I look, I keep it short and simple. He's going to stay in Vancouver because there's no other place for him to go. Uh, I think Vancouver is going to sign him to a short-term deal uh, and him and Demko are going to split time. And I think it's going to be good for both of them, but that's his best case scenario with all the goalies on the market. Oh, I think so. I think his best case scenario is the play in in uh in Vancouver for one more year and let the salary cap kind of figure itself out here. And um, who knows? I think you know. I per- me personally, just a little side pivot here is that I would not put it past the NHL to be like. Oh, hey, by the way, wink, wink, nudge, nudge to the Players Association and the NHL GMs. Like, if if revenues are up from what we expect to be in 20, uh, 2020, 2021, we'll, we'll just announce that everybody gets a buyout. So um, I could see that happening. Uh, hi, but, hi, Brooke. <laughs> yeah. And to uh, to um, this is your guy. I, I yeah. I to, I don't know where he ends up because I mean, you know, he's kind of for only being twenty. I, I thought he was like thirty three. He's twenty eight years old. Um, I for somebody who's like him, who is like what he's he's kind of <laughs> just eh. Yeah, like he's. I gotta like I. I wouldn't be shocked if he went back to L.A. To be honest, Um, that was a team that was bouncing around, but. And I mean, he's got ten points in ten games. Um, I think you know, if he's looking to, (laughs) to maybe win, maybe he. I don't know. Uh, he could end up in to Foley. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just don't know where he, where does he fit? Like, honestly, where does he fit? So you're look. I think you're looking at Toffoli as a bad top six option. Um, I look at him as a decent middle six option. I, he's not going to command the 4.6 with the cap going down. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if Boston took a stab, Dallas took a stab or, uh, Oh, I had another team. Carolina took a stab. Uh, interesting guy who can move up and down the lineup, or I, I should say up and down your top nine. Uh, could be a good add to any power play. Um, you know, Carolina is really, really an interesting team for that because they got a lot of guys who uh, could slide up and down as well. Nino Niederreiter, I could see being anywhere in their top nine. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm feeling Carolina, but I mean, my brain's telling me Boston would probably be the best, best fit, but I, I kind of like Carolina. I talked myself into it. I'll say Carolina. Yeah. Both those teams actually play a style that would fit him. Well, um, uh, more offensive and, and not as, as, as fast because Toffoli is not a fast player. Um, so. And Toffoli, the good thing about Toffoli is like I said, he could be on your first line with certain players. He could be on your third line. I think Boston and Carolina have a very fluid. Well, not so much Boston. There maybe their middle six is very fluid, but Carolina has a very fluid top six. Uh, obviously, 
you expect the first line to be Aho, Tervine, and Sveshnikov. But, you know, Sveshnikov could slide to the second line and Foley could fit up there. Uh, even though he's a right wing, Tervinen's the right wing. But I always felt wings could play their offsides if they really needed to. Um, Niederreiter, another guy who could slide up and down. Um, Fogel, he could really slide all the way down to the fourth line. Uh, Nietzsche's. They've got a lot of players who could just move up and down, and I think that gives Toffoli an interesting opportunity to get different looks. Uh, same with Boston. He's never going to crack that first line there, though, but I think he would slot very nicely on a third line in Boston who who could jump up to the second line with injuries or, or slumping players, uh, especially because DeBrusque's name's being thrown around. So I don't know. I, I, Boston is the team that probably makes the most sense, but I don't know. I like Carolina. Yeah. All right. That uh, makes sense. TJ Brody's next. Uh, not a very exciting, sexy player to talk about. Hmm. Calgary. I think he stays there. Yeah, I, I like I like that call. He's another guy. For some reason, I could see Buffalo kind of being active on de- defense. He's not. They're not going to land. You had the, uh, Krug possibly going there. Uh, I don't think they land the top guys, but, you know, we got Brody, Vatnin is the next guy. I think that's – I think just to, for the sake of time, I think Vatnin is probably a safe bet for either staying in New Jersey or going to Buffalo. Is he in New Jersey? I thought he got traded to Carolina. He did get traded to Carolina, but he's obviously not going to stay in Carolina. Um, <laughs> I think – to New Jersey or Buffalo? I do because they can afford his services and yeah. he can't stay Vatnin can't stay healthy. Yeah. And just to throw in Michael Granlin, not to just for the sake of time, we're already an hour and almost a half. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We, we took two weeks off. So um, that's on us. <laughs> but Michael Granlin also could see him going to New Jersey or going to one of those teams that suck, but because uh, he'll, he'll take the money over, if I could over potential winning yeah, those. Uh, so Brody. Yeah. I'm, I'm feeling Calgary, Buffalo, Vatnin, boy, he could go anywhere. He's so injury prone. I think he's going to end up with less money. Uh, he may stay, stay in Carolina. Uh, yeah. Uh, Buffalo is another option. Uh, maybe Boston. If they lose Tory Krug as like a quote unquote replacement, and then Grandlin's interesting because he took he took a little bit of a dip, and you know the Hawks love uh, young pro- players who were promising when they were young who took a dip. It's like oh we're gonna be their place for resurgence. Uh, Hawks saw a lot of Grandlin in uh, in Minnesota. Saw a lot of them again in Nashville. Grandlin's uh, always played well against the Hawks too. So maybe decent defensively, I could see that being uh, an opportunity for him in Chicago. Uh, but otherwise, you know, again, you know, if we were talking Granlin a few years ago, that'd be sexier, but, uh, who the fuck cares? Uh, he could stay in Nashville, <laughs> who cares, you know, Braden Holpe though, this, I wanted to get to this one cause th- why is he at 13? I don't know. Uh, Braden Holpe's a great goalie who, you know, he had a, an average year for, most goalies bad for him. Whew. I think he goes 
it's going to take a while because of the goalie market. Oh, I mean, could wind up talk, here in Chicago. He talked about him in Chicago. I wouldn't be opposed. Uh, I don't want to say Chicago because like, oh, what a homer. Um, I'll say Chicago or Calgary. I think Calgary needs a goalie. Um, I think it's a sexier option for a free agent than Edmonton. Uh, in terms of knowing that you're going to be defended by your defenseman. Right. So and I think I'll say Calgary, right. they need a point. Yeah. I and mean, I think like, here's the thing is like, and this is why Corey Crawford is not uh, at a position of strength right now. He would be remiss to take that one year, $3.5 million contract with the Hawks. Uh, in my opinion, because the Hawks could in this goalie market, the Hawks could easily move on. Because there's too many teams that already have their goaltenders set up and who are contenders. Mm-hmm. So the Hawks could easily be like, okay, Corey, you want to go play wherever? Go for it. We can, we can easily resign. We can either easily resign Markstrom, Leonard, Holpe, um, or any Murray. one of these other guys and trade for Murray. And I think like, um, Crawford being the most injury prone goaltender out of everybody <laughs> is why I think he's, he says he wants to start is more important than money. And I think the Hawks are his best bet to do all of those things. Um, so I, I honestly think he's probably hoping that Holpe goes out and gets $5 million from the Colorado Avalanche so he can go see I'm worth, Forward, Colorado, they're not going to bring in Holpe if they're going to keep Grubauer. True. Uh, I think they would go with Crawford and give split starts. I think Crawford is a good fit for Colorado, um, which he might be down this list. Uh, moving down, uh, Kevin Shattenkirk. I think he's one of the few players who actually get a raise through all of this, uh, making only 1.75. Uh, I think he gets to two five, but I think that's still a good price for a thirty one year old defenseman uh, who who played pretty well through the, the the Stanley Cup playoffs, and I think he stays in Tampa. He either stays in Tampa, and I could, I could also see Colorado going after him hard. Yeah, that wouldn't be bad. Eric Gustafson coming back. Oh please no, please for the love of God! My guess is he might be coming back. Yeah. He might He'll be make Europe. two million dollars. Don't say Eric Gustafson will make two million dollars for a one-year contact with Chicago Blackhawks. Send him to Europe for the love of God. Send him to Europe. He's one hundred percent coming back. I don't see any team that would want him, and I, I'm, ignoring, I'm, I'm ignoring you because I don't want the this. Hawks would want him. I'm just um, saying what's going to happen uh, on on October 9th, a week from tomorrow. He's coming back. Uh, you know, somebody will sign him. It won't be the Hawks because I've said so. Uh, moving on, Brandon Dillon. <laughs> why can't we have the why, we, why can't we have this kind of an off season all the time, like where we have in a week stretch buyout, free agency, and the draft. And <laughs> we might see COVID might cause some changes to all sports leagues. Uh, I could see the NHL. Uh, a shifting when they play and everything, uh, how they play uh, could could be beneficial for them to have a longer season at the same amount of games, more rest. I don't know. 
we can get into that later because we got Brandon Dillon. Ah, <laughs> uh, boy, God, another not so sexy guy. Edmonton might stay. be a good. Fit. You he's just in San Jose. Yeah. He's not in San Jose. He's in Washington. He got traded. That's true. I think oh, he goes right. to Edmonton. I think a defensive defenseman is what they need. He fits true. like a glove. Who, where's Eric Hall in this year? Carolina. And I don't think he stays there at that price. Um, Islanders. Mm, he fits he, the yeah. Islanders. Kind of play. He fits that Barry Trotz. Not a flashy goal scorer, but he'll get you points. Yeah, not Eric a lot, Hall. but Eric, he'll produce. Yeah, Islanders. Uh, Vegas had money. I bet he. I could see him going back there, but I think they've got more pressing issues like finding the money to do so. Uh, but, you know, maybe if they trade Flurry in time, I think Eric Hall in, in, in Vegas was a good fit. Um, but yeah, Islanders would probably be a good fit. Maybe Carolina brings him back at a cheaper cap hit. Ooh, Travis Hamanick, another guy who could go to Edmonton if they don't get Brandon Dillon. I look at defensive defensemen needing to go to Edmonton. Uh, I think they just they need that help. Um, I mean, L.A. might go after him. They, they could use that. San Jose might say, hey, we got... You know, mm, San Jose. I haven't talked about them because who the hell wants to go to a shitty team? But getting a defensive defenseman could help negate some of the defensive lapses with Burns and, and Carlson. Um, I can't see Brand- Brendan Dillon going back, but if, if Hamannick can't find a home, they've got some money ish. You know, they right. got a deep, uh, that could be interesting. But I always like to look at the teams that actually stand a chance of winning. Uh, oh, maybe Philadelphia too. Uh, I'll 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 say one of Edmonton, Philadelphia, or or San Jose. Okay, that makes sense. Um, Corey Crawford, Colorado. I think, I think he stays here. I think he goes to Colorado. All right, let's move on. Dylan DeMello. We already talked about Crawford enough. Uh, Dylan DeMello. Um, He's kind of a nobody. I can almost see him uh, on his way out of the league. That or he stays in Ottawa. Yeah, he, he's a big nothing to me. So, yawn. Craig Smith, number 21 on this list. goal scoring middle six winger Minnesota (laughs) oddly I was looking at Minnesota when you said it too but I'm trying to or Islanders or Buffalo Islanders I'm thinking maybe Boston if they don't get uh, Toffoli I think dude you're gonna see this year be crazy. You think? And play, I think you're you gonna see moving hard. I think uh, players are gonna be moving to the teams that have salary cap space, yeah. and that's why I think you could see a team like New Jersey, Detroit, or Buffalo, uh, or hell, even Ottawa, with how many first round draft picks they have this year, um, 
you could see them literally turn their season around in in one in, in one off season because I mean Adwas resigns a couple of these really good two way forwards um lands a a uh, a top defenseman in like Tory Krug or somebody like that for a six year contract at like eight nine million dollars and you sell them on the future because I mean um Ottawa has forty three million dollars in cap space. Ottawa will be a team, no joke, dude, in my personal opinion, that will benefit the most with this COVID crap. Because, like, they're going to – COVID crap referring to Everything going the on. NHL. Yeah, yeah. Not, the NHL yeah, part. Not not, <laughs> no. Like, like Ottawa's going to benefit from that 100%. Because they're going to be able to go to the teams and go, look at all the young guys we currently have signed. Um they 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 don't become the cop. They literally have. I I uh, I seven I dude. They have seven picks in the first two rounds this year, and they have four Ottawa. picks next I year. I see Ottawa jumping in on some of these guys down the list. They've got their their young talent for the future. Who's going to take up the top six? They're going to get one of uh of Byfield or uh, the German kid. Uh, God, what's his name? Uh, you know what I'm talking about. They're going to get, they're going to get uh, Stutzel, Stutzel or Byfield. And then at five, they're going to have their pick between Rossi, Drysdale, uh, Holtz, they've got Raymond. They've got their picks. So that's their future. One of those two guys at least is going to make the team this year. You got still Brady Kachuk real young. They've made some trades to get some some young guys in there. So yeah, I mean a Craig Smith could be a good fit in Ottawa. Uh, a yes Jesper Foss to move on. He could be a good fit in Ottawa. Just like a middle six guy who could come in here, put up some points. Well, like yeah, and like what look at it this way, dude. Is like if you go based on current just rankings. Ottawa will most likely get this year, courtesy of the Eric Carlson trade, they're going to get uh, either uh, Quinton Bayf- Byfield, Tim Stutzel, Stutzel um, and then gonna they're going to then they're going to get uh, probably Jamie Drysdale. Um, well, well, it depends. Cause I I wouldn't be shocked if Detroit took Drysdale, and if Rossi fell into the lap of Ottawa. That would be interesting. Or they, uh, God, the other defenseman who starts with, who's a uh, goodness draft. I'm real bad with names, but there's, there's Jake Sanderson. Dip- Sanderson. That could be an option. Some, I mean, from what I've been reading, Sanderson's been marching up the rankings, could even go ahead of Drysdale. Uh, and you know, Detroit, you know, Iserman comes into Detroit and his first pick is a little off the board last year. Uh, chose a defenseman. They could do it again. Sanderson over Drysdale. Um, you know, Rossi is the popular pick up there. Or there's Holtz. There's Raymond. There's options. Um, I don't know. I think Ottawa's in a good position. Um, so, yeah. I'll say they'll get one of Craig Smith or Jasper Frost. Mostly because now we're getting to the point where it's like, these are the guys who aren't going to probably go on day one. Uh, especially if there's trades that still need to be made. 
No, uh, no, it's like let's just do some rapid fire here. Um, let's okay, Jasper Fast. Oh, Jasper Fast. I said uh, Ottawa. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Chris Tanev. He's in one of those. Yeah, uh, I'm, Anton Kajoman. I could see him going to like a place like Ottawa, who will who will pay to have him because Craig Anderson's on their way out, and they don't have a. Uh, they need a goaltender to stop gap for a year or two until one of their prospect goalies is ready to take over. Um, so I can see Kudobin going to Ottawa or somebody like that. A bit off the board because of their cap situation. I could see him going to Toronto, uh, especially with wavering, uh, wavering concern, like concerns over how well Anderson performs in the playoffs. Uh, I think he could go there uh, and solidify goaltending. And if, uh, there are some troubles in that in the playoffs. He could come in. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, Nemestikov, uh, he's he's getting to the point where he can end up out of the league. Uh, he ain't making four million again. Uh, honestly, a guy like Nemestikov is going to take a contract where it's offered. Uh, maybe Tampa Bay wants him back. I could see that. I could see Tampa Bay maybe taking a run at him. Uh, a scoring option for maybe Detroit. He, But he's a guy who's going to take a contract where he could get a contract. Yeah, I agree. Um, did you say uh, Carl Soderberg? Um, I think he's out of the league. Same, same thing with me. Um, I think Racco Gudis is out of the league. Um, just rapid fire through this list. Cam Talbot uh, uh, is going to be a hard sell with all the goalies out there. He's going to end up a backup somewhere. Um, I agree. Maybe a team that has a weaker backup. Uh, I don't know. Justin maybe. Schultz. Um, this is a guy I could see the Hawks making a mistake in signing. <laughs> oh God. I know that Eric Gustafson over him. Uh, uh, I don't know about that one. I hate Gustafson. Uh, Schultz. Yeah, this. I mean, it's not a day one signing. Uh, maybe. Huh, maybe Pittsburgh resigns him. Maybe Edmonton takes a look at him again. Or Anaheim teams that have already had interest in him. I already said the Hawks make bad decisions with offensive defensemen. So... Last guy on the list, Corey Perry. Um, I can see him going to a a cup contender of really any ilk um, and taking a league minimum contract for one more shot at the Stanley Cup. I'd have a hard time seeing him not staying in Dallas. So, yeah, he fits well with that team. So, Dallas was another option for him. Uh, True. Philadelphia. Hawks are at once upon a time an option for him too as well. <laughs> so um and there's Long some day. interesting Long one today. <laughs> yeah, there's a oh for sure. And there's some interesting contracts that you didn't go through. Um just to give you a list of kind of an idea. I'm just gonna you don't have to talk about them, but let's just give you an idea of who's the UFAs to watch, and that's Kovalchuk, uh Cody Eakin, Thomas Grice, Mark. Borwetsky, uh Justin Braun, Alex Galchenyuk, 
Josh Levo, Derek Broussard, Brian Boyle, Andy Green, Connor Sherry, Patrick Maroon, Tyler Ennis, Wayne Simmons, Ryan Hainsey, Michael Ferlik, Jimmy Howard, Jay Bonewaster. Uh, Bonewaster's not going to play this year. Uh, Craig Anderson, Mika Koivu, Mike Smith, Zach Bogosian, Jimmy Vesey, Andre Sakara, uh, Mike Carlson, Kyle Clifford, John Merrill, Derek England, Nathan Bellio, Ryan Miller, uh, Julius Nat- Natan, uh, Dustin Bufflin, even though his agent says he's unlikely to play again, uh, and Dimitri asking his KHL release clause if offered an uh, NHL deal. So there's a lot of guys like I wouldn't mind the Hawks, you know, moving out from Dylan Strom to maybe get like Alex Galchenyuk or somebody like that. But I was going to say, there's a few names on here. I could see the Hawks going after Uh, whether they get them or not. Totally different thing, but I bet you they're in kicking tires with Galchenyuk. Um, A guy. If you play Chicago, you're going to have to play. You're going to have to play league minimum. If you're going to want to play in Chicago. I guess, though, like a guy I used to play with told me we played against Galchenyuk multiple times. Uh, hell, if I remember that. Uh, so that'd be cool. <laughs> like, hey, right. look at that guy vastly succeeding in life more than me. Um, I see the Hawks looking at Andy Green. I can see the Hawks looking to bring back Michael Froelich because that's what they do, uh, which I wouldn't mind. Uh, and Wayne Simmons is another guy I could see the Hawks looking at. And Jimmy VC because they had interest in him for uh, at one point. I, you know the Hawks, VC and Galchenyuk, a couple guys who who could be like projects for them to work on. Uh, Michael Froelich, a guy to bring back. Andy Green, a number six defenseman. Like these are the signings the Hawks make. We mentioned the Hawks taking a couple guys above. No, 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 no. These are where the Hawks are going to be. <laughs> oh yeah, a hundred percent. So I think that wraps up this podcast. Um, we have some uh, pretty cool things planned. Um, so, you know, Perhaps make sure you. Tuesday. Yeah. So keep an eye out on our social media pages for stuff like for any announcements when it comes to that. But um, Andy, do you have any final words before we end the podcast? Uh, I mean, I've had a lot of words through the podcast. I don't think anyone wants to hear me anymore. Um, follow the social medias. Uh, for for uh, Wendy, what are we? We're a GM hockey GM podcast. podcast. Um, you can follow Tony, Tony on social media. Uh, he's more active than I am. Uh, or I don't know. Get, get, just be ready for Tuesday. Uh, in the meantime, you can watch my other podcast. I haven't plugged it in like a hundred episodes, but uh, I I'm I'm gonna do it right now. Uh, we have a special guest on our next episode, which comes out Friday, uh, 10 to, so, uh, that'd be cool. Uh, guy's got almost a hundred thousand, uh, subscribers on YouTube. Super cool guy. Went to high school with us. So, uh, yeah, come to, come check out bracket up. We do cool things there too. Nice. So yeah, make sure you tune into that and keep an eye out on our pages for, uh, any announcements about uh, about Tuesday night for the NHL draft, which will be which will for sure be entertaining at the very least. So um, <laughs> we thank you for listening to this hour and forty seven minute podcast. You skipped um, around, <laughs> and and uh, we will uh, talk to you soon. And uh, thanks for listening again.